hour number two of the morning after getting you set for your holiday weekend and Thanksgiving continues on right here on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, the new home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM and all across the Sports Grid Network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. For this second hour, the focus will be some college sports before we dive back in to the NFL, looking at some of the games on the Sunday slate. Helping me do that for the entirety of this second hour, it is Sports Grid's very own Joe Ranieri joining us right here on TMA right now. We are going to talk some college hoops. We are going to react as we do every Wednesday to the latest college football playoff poll. We will talk about the CFP odds that were and what they might look like moving forward. Some history made last night, Joe Ranieri, in that CFP poll. You know that I always thoroughly look forward to reacting to that poll and the rankings with you. How are you on this Wednesday morning? I am uh, doing fantastic on this Thanksgiving uh, Eve here, and I am excited, uh, Ben. You know we love this time of year. It's crunch time, and anytime you have urgency in the world of sports and sports betting, it's a good thing. It's a good thing for casual bettors. It's uh, it's a really good thing for uh, the seasoned bettors. Uh, everyone loves urgency, and we're going to have an awful lot of it over the next couple of weeks, certainly in college football. This is how you know the grid is all over the place. Right now, I am on the West Coast in Los Angeles. You see Joe there in the Florida area as well. Donnie Wrightside in South Jersey. We give you the expertise in the edges from everywhere across this country. So, Joe, also on this Thanksgiving weekend, it's not just wonderful NFL action, the final weekend of the regular season in college football. It's also known to some in the college hoops landscape as Feast Week. And we have had wonderful, wonderful games, Thanksgiving tournaments all around, the Maui Gym, Maui Invitational in the desert, but also last night, a matchup of one versus two. The number one team in the country, the Gonzaga Bulldogs, against the number two team in the country, the UCLA Bruins. A wonderful rematch of the Final Four that we had last year. That thrilling 93-90 overtime game with Gonzaga knocking off UCLA. And the Zags were the best team last night. Thoroughly dominant and impressive from pretty much the jump last night out in Vegas, Joe. Gonzaga winning by 20 points 83-63, to 63, handing UCLA its first loss of the year. The Zags easily covering a seven-point spread as the favorite. Joe, we saw that line work from five and a half in the early morning hours all the way up to seven in the Bulldogs' favor. It did not matter. The number one team in the country flexing their muscles last night against UCLA. Did you see a game last night? Because I, I did. Um, I saw a uh, an ass whooping of epic proportions uh, last mm-hmm. night. So uh, there is no doubt here the Zags uh, were out to prove a point. A lot had been made, and, and yes, everyone continues to associate the Zags with a weaker conference, play out in the West. Like, Who are they going to play? St. Mary's? Like, it's UCLA is UCLA. There is no richer tradition in college basketball and for a team in ucla starts off what five and oh they've scored between 75 and 100 points in every game they played they blew out everybody by more than 20 points that they played and then well they played a real team they played the zags and no question about who the best team in this country is although we'll get a peek at what i believe is probably the team right behind them the baylor bears coming up in just a few hours 
Yeah, we will look at Baylor a little bit later tonight in action against Arizona State. Those numbers also already out on the FanDuel Sportsbook as we welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience the second hour of the morning after on this Thanksgiving Eve right here on the grid. You're listening on Sirius XM Channel 159, the Mightier 1090 out on the West Coast. It's Ben Stevens and Joe Ranieri here with you until noon Eastern time. Joe is with us until the 11 a.m. Eastern hour as well. And Joe, you mentioned it, Gonzaga and UCLA last night. Gonzaga certainly looked like the number one team in the country. The toughest test for the Zags this year, they absolutely dominate, winning by 20 points over UCLA. I was a little bit upset, Gary, because I had the over of a total around 155 and a half, 156. And I said, if one team gets into the low to mid 80s, we are going to clear this number because I expected it to be a more competitive game. UCLA not holding up their end of the bargain. But it does not just stop with that marquee matchup of one versus two last night on this Wednesday, leading you in to your holiday weekend. So many great games across the slate and so many great games that start very, very early. Like this matchup in the Battle of Atlantis, we have Auburn Mm. and Connecticut. Auburn, a a two-and-a-half-point underdog against UConn. This is a top 25 tilt, the over-under total, 142 and a hook. Both of these teams unbeaten so far this year, Joe. How do you think this matchup plays out? Where do you think the edge might be? Well, they both played sisters of the poor here to start off the season. I mean, UConn and Auburn are very similar that way. None of them have played a team inside the top 150 here, uh, according to our friends over at Ken Palm. So this is going to be an interesting test. And these two teams are a little familiar. Uh, They're kind of constructed the same way. It's uh, It's not these great guards that we're used to seeing from UConn. It's big men between Auburn and UConn that are going to be the story in this game. And I do think just uh, a Hurley, not uh, not Bobby, but a different Hurley brother, has got UConn ready to do great things here this year. Uh, I think they take care of business against Auburn today. A lot of people love UConn in the Big East this year. Joe mentioned also Baylor, a 12.5-point favorite against Arizona State. College football playoff reactions. That's coming up next. sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com Welcome back to the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159. On this eve to Turkey Day, I am Ben Stevens alongside Joe Ranieri for this second hour of TMA on your Wednesday, setting you up for the holiday weekend. Also, the regular season finale in college football. Yes, sad tears running down my cheek. But yesterday, I did not have any tears, Joe Ranieri, because in one of the weirder feelings I've had in a very long time, I kind of liked the work that the college football playoff selection committee did. I didn't really have anything to be angry about with the CFP committee and their fourth rankings of this year, the final poll in the final weekend of the regular season. But it was history yesterday, Joe Ranieri, as for the first time ever, a team from a group of five conference, a non-power five, was ranked at any point in the now eight-year history of the college football playoff 
inside the top four. And of course, we are talking about the Cincinnati Bearcats. Because of Oregon's loss to Utah this past Saturday, Cincinnati jumps into the top four at number four in the country. A little movement in that top four outside of Cincy becoming the fourth-ranked team in the country. Georgia remains pat at number one overall, as they have been throughout the entire rankings of this college football playoff poll. But we had Alabama at number two since the first rankings. That was not the case yesterday. Ohio State on the back of that very impressive performance against Michigan State. Now the number two team in the country are the Buckeyes. Alabama there at number three. And then again, Cincinnati at number four. Michigan five. Notre Dame six. Oklahoma State seven. And really, Joe, it's that top seven that matters at this point heading into the final week of the regular season. (laughs) Yeah, so listen, if you're a Cincinnati fan, um, congratulations. Although I would take a picture of the rankings because it'll last much longer than your actual appearance in the top four before it's all said and done. So take a nice photo of it and say we made the top four, but you will not be there when it is all said and done, nor should you be, okay? I mean, if you have to beat East Carolina to solidify yourself, um, yeah, no, you don't. The more I watch Cincinnati, the more I watch Georgia. And I, by the way, a little disappointed with Georgia not covering the 52-point spread on Saturday. I don't know about you, Ben. I was a little dis- I'm shocked they stayed at number one, soft, really, with that kind of performance. Yeah, they really are. I mean, that's disgusting. Um, but you've got Alabama, who rightfully, I think, uh, in another tight game against Arkansas, just proving once yeah. again the football that they play south, is not necessarily the football they play in the uh, Rust Belt there in Cincinnati. So uh, rightfully so, I think they should have moved down. Nobody has been better than uh, Ohio State. That offense is rolling. But this will all take care of itself here uh, over the next two weeks. And I think regardless of what happens with East Carolina or then Houston, um, Cincinnati is still in a spot where it doesn't control its own destiny. Because if Oklahoma State, off of that shutout to Texas Tech, a shutout, mind you, in the, against a team that just beat Iowa State, the team that beat Oklahoma State this year, the only team to do so, and shut them out, if they run the table here not once but twice, two bedlams, um, I don't think Cincinnati remains. I don't think they control their destiny. I think Michigan beating Ohio State. I think Oklahoma State running the tables or even Oklahoma running the tables. Those are going to be uh, where your top four teams are coming from. Cincinnati is going to be left on the outside looking in. And Joe, that is the conversation right now. Would a one-loss Big 12 champion, either Oklahoma State or Oklahoma still alive for that conversation at the moment, be enough to knock Cincinnati out? of the top four for the college football playoff. And for the first time, Joe Ranieri, we have the college football playoff selection committee absolutely correlated exactly with how the odds look for the CFP National Championship Mm -hmm. on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Georgia has been the odds-on favorite for nearly a month now. The Dogs, minus 125 to win the national championship. You have Ohio State now with the second shortest odds to win the Natty at plus 300. Just making sure I have these odds updated, and I do. Alabama, plus 400, the third shortest odds. And then you see those Oklahoma State Cowboys, 40 to 1. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati also 
40 to 1, tied for the fourth shortest odds to win the national championship. Oklahoma is still alive, 50 to 1, as is Michigan. And then the sixth team in the country right now, according to the poll, Notre Dame at 60 to 1. So Joe brought up this point, and you see where Oklahoma State is valued at right now, according to the odds makers, as it pertains to the college football playoff. Oklahoma State is a minus 175 favorite to win the Big 12 Conference Championship. Oklahoma State is a three and a half point favorite right now against their bitter foe in Bedlam against Oklahoma this weekend. Joe Ranieri is a proud alum of Oklahoma State. And the Cowboys, I think, Joe, if they were to be a one-loss Big 12 champion, that would be the conversation come that first weekend in December following conference championship weekend between an unbeaten Cincinnati and a one-loss Big 12 champion in Oklahoma State. Who would get the bid to the college football playoff? You are telling me right now, if that scenario plays out, you think without a doubt it will be the Cowboys from Stillwater. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And, and two things have happened with this committee, and we've been saying it here for the last couple of weeks. Uh, the curious placement of Michigan coming off of that loss to Michigan State, right? And now Oklahoma State putting themselves into the conversation. And Oklahoma was never out of the conversation with that loss to Baylor. And with Michigan now five, um, forget Notre Dame. There's nothing that can, there's no scenario that's ever going to have Notre Dame jump Cincinnati. So that's not going to happen. And certainly they play Stanford, which isn't going to be a great win regardless here. They're not playing uh, during championship week. So their season is effectively over after Stanford. So there's nothing Notre Dame can do to catapult themselves into the top four. Oklahoma State is going to play OU not once, but if they win this game, they're going to take on, they're going to have to play uh, a team they already beat, Baylor, uh, in yeah. uh, in the Big 12 championship there. And I think we all agree that a win over Oklahoma and then a win over Baylor, if they run the table, you tell me that Cincinnati's schedule somehow matches up with, uh, with a Big 12 winner in Oklahoma State. It's not going to be. I don't even think it's going to be because if it's OU who beats Oklahoma State, well, then it's round two. It's Bedlam two coming up, isn't it, in the Big 12 championship? It'll be Oklahoma State yeah. OU two uh, giving us two Bedlams, which is fantastic. But if OU runs the table, yeah, um, I think the conversation, Cincinnati's best chance is that Alabama loses to Georgia. Because if Alabama runs the table, and they beat Georgia. Georgia ain't going anywhere. But Alabama ain't going anywhere either. And if, if Ohio State runs the table, we're running out of spots for Cincinnati in the feel-good story. You got your top four ranking. Now move aside and let the big boys play. Joe, I think you bring up a great point. Ohio State and Michigan will take care of each other this weekend in the game. Most likely, Ohio State wins that football game. Do they cover now an eight-and-a-half-point spread? That's a different conversation for later in this show. Right. But the Buckeyes or the Wolverines, the winner of that game, will go to the Big Ten Championship game. If they beat, most likely, Wisconsin from the other side, that team will be 
in the college football playoff. If Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship game, this conversation gets even more complicated. So you are a Bearcat fan right now. Here is what you are hoping for. You are the biggest Georgia backer of your entire life. You played the dogs last year in the Peach Bowl. You had a lot of fun, a competitive game. Now you hope Georgia absolutely stomps Bama in the SEC championship game. You are also rooting for Oklahoma this weekend in Bedlam or Baylor next weekend in the Big 12 championship game to knock off Oklahoma State because that is the conversation. I don't think, Joe, a one-loss OU, who would be a Big 12 champion, would make the college football playoff. I think the committee has shown us all year long how they value the Sooners. Mm -hmm. But a one-loss Cowboys team, who's a Big 12 champion, that's a different conversation. We also look at the college football playoff odds, where they were and where they might be. That's coming up next here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after on SportsGrid Sirius XM, channel 159, all across the SportsGrid network alongside Joe Ranieri for this second hour of the morning after on Thanksgiving Eve. I am Ben Stevens. Yes, we have NFL action tomorrow. Yes, we have NFL action on the Sunday slate in week 12. We'll talk about those games coming up here in just a moment, but it is also the regular season finale in college football, the Egg Bowl between Mississippi and Mississippi State is happening. We also have games across an entire Friday and Saturday slate that will have huge ramifications for conference championship races and the college football playoff. And we got the final poll from the CFP selection committee of this regular season. So, Joe, here's what I want to do. I was hoping we would have updated odds to make the CFP up on the FanDuel Sportsbook this morning. But – We do not. That's fine. We'll look at the odds from last week and be odds makers ourselves and guess where these lines might go and where value might still be up on this board. So let's take a look at the odds from last week. There were only eight teams listed last week, one of those being Michigan State. We can throw them out of the picture right now. Here were the six best odds to make the college football playoff a week ago. You also had Oregon in there. We didn't include Oregon because, as we know, the Ducks lost. They are no longer in contention for the college football playoff. You see Georgia, the number one team in the country, has been in every CFP poll at minus 3,000 to make the college football playoff. Georgia will make the college football playoff. It does not matter at this point if they even lose to Alabama in the SEC championship game. The dogs will be in the CFP. Then you see Ohio State last week at minus 290. The Buckeyes minus 200 right now to win the Big Ten Conference on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Alabama was the final team in minus money Minus 118, now ranked third in the college football playoff. Oklahoma's still alive, and they were last week, plus 225. Then you see Michigan at plus 250, entering the game against Ohio State. And then Cincinnati last week had the sixth best odds to make the college football playoff. Check that, the seventh best odds to make the college football playoff at plus 350. Now the Bearcats this week, Joe, ranked in that top four. So although Cincinnati, 
might not end up in the college football playoff in your mind, Joe Ranieri. Where do you think their odds would be this week when they pop up on the FanDuel Sportsbook? Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of tough. So they've been averaging what about uh, about right around that three or four to one mark. That seems to be like yeah. a pretty decent number to finish the top four. Um, I, I think when it eventually comes out, I don't know if we're going to get much movement um, from that. Obviously, being in the top four, um, it helps. You would correlate that being in the top four means we're going to get a little better number on them. Although I'm not too sure, and I'm not sure because of the fact that, to me, all Cincinnati can do is win the games in front of them, right? East Carolina, and then the toughest matchup that they've had in a while is awaiting them in Houston. And Houston's a top 25 team as well. So uh, it's not like it's a cakewalk for them, and I don't think they control their own destiny. If they did... I think the numbers would reflect that. Um, if the committee yeah. thinks that Cincinnati is going to run the table one, two, three, uh, if the odds makers think that, then you're going to you're going to see that being reflected in a uh, in a significant line movement. I think. But if they think that there's too many other there's too much variance here, they don't really control their own destiny. That number is probably going to stay exactly where it is here, Ben. Joe, I think you bring up a great point because I think baked into this number with Cincinnati, either the one that you see from last week at plus 350, which was the seventh of eight odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook Mm -hmm. to make the college football playoff, or even this week, I think it's the idea of two things about the Bearcats. Do they control their own destiny? It's not a slam dunk that they do right now. And Mm -hmm. is there still a thought that Cincy could lose a football game? Because don't forget, if Cincy loses a football game, goodbye college football playoff chances. There's not a single 1% chance even that Cincinnati would make the college football playoff. So they are a 14.5-point favorite against East Carolina on the road to end out this regular season. They probably are not going to lose that game. Covering is a different thing, but lose that game based on the odds right now seeming unlikely. Then the American Athletic Conference Championship game against number 24 Houston, that spread probably closer to a single score. That could also be baked into this number. I think the lowest we saw Cincinnati, Joe, back before we even had the first college football playoff rankings put out when it was just the AP poll to base our judgments on, I think the lowest we saw Cincinnati, the shortest odds, around plus 120 or so. They never got to minus money. And then every week since that, the market has worked against them. The highest it was was last week at plus 350. I think right now being placed into the top four in the college football playoff rankings that whatever the FanDuel Sportsbook decides, if I put on my odds maker cap here, I think Cincy would have a one next to their name, plus 175, plus 180. Still much shorter odds, but not a favorite to make the college football playoff because They still have a tough test against Houston in the conference championship game. And again, the idea that a one-loss Big 12 champion in Oklahoma State or Alabama beating Georgia in the SEC championship game really confuses and complicates this situation. That's where I want to go next, Joe Ranieri. Alabama, they have been minus money to make the college football playoff all year long. They were as good of odds at minus 800 to make the CFP in the midway portion of this regular season before they lost to Texas A&M. But even since then, about three weeks ago, they were minus 200 to make the college football playoff on the FanDuel Sportsbook. It has worked against them each and every week. They got as low as minus 112. It was even money on both sides. Minus 112 to make, minus 112 to miss the college football playoff two weeks ago. And then last week, you see them there 
at minus 118. Again, Joe, I think where things stand right now, there is no precedent. There is no track record in the previous seven years of the college football playoff for a two-loss team to make the CFP, let alone a two-loss team that has not won their conference championship. So with Bama at minus money, but now number three in the country, do you think Bama remains in the minus money category to be a favorite to make the college football playoff when these odds are updated? It's going to be real close. I mean, it, can I see them being even money um, when it comes? Yes, I can see them being even money because, listen, they're going to be an underdog in that Georgia game. We already know the look-ahead line, right? It's the first time in mm-hmm. who knows, uh, who can remember uh, that Alabama would actually be an underdog going to that game against Georgia. But the reality is Georgia deserves to be the favorite there. They also deserve to be the favorite. For the future odds here um, in this spot. But Alabama, they took a little ding. And I think the committee, by design, had to had to kind of push away some of the uh, homerism there of Alabama with everyone going, oh, it's different. They love Alabama. It's always going to be in there. Well, that may be true. Uh, in fact, it is true. But the reality is Alabama moves the needle. And I think the odds makers still think that Alabama – is is one of the best four teams in the country. So to Cohen, you know, to, to correlate it with the move down from two to three, I think maybe the odds come ever so slightly, maybe plus 105, plus 110, yeah. somewhere in that ballpark. And Joe, I think the thing is, though, even with the move down to three, there's still the same path as of right now for Alabama. It's to win the SEC championship game to leave absolutely zero doubt in any speculation that might remain. Could a two-loss Crimson Tide team who did not win the SEC make the college football playoff? Right now, Alabama is not favored to win the SEC championship. Plus 160 are the Tide in that market. Georgia minus 200 as the odds-on favorites to win the SEC Conference Championship. The next place I want to go, and I cannot wait to see these odds because there will be odds now, Joe, on your Cowboys, the Pokes from Stillwater. They did not have odds to make the college football playoff just this past week ahead of a huge game for Oklahoma State, (coughs) excuse me, against Texas Tech a week ago. But Oklahoma did have odds at plus 225 at that time last week. OU was the favorite still to win the Big 12 at plus 125. The Cowboys at plus 150. Oklahoma struggled with Iowa State in a late game there in Norman. Oklahoma State, meanwhile, absolutely dominant against the Red Raiders. So now, Joe, Oklahoma State, as you can see, a heavy odds-on favorite to win the Big 12 Conference Championship at minus 175. And the Pokes are minus 3.5 against Oklahoma in Stillwater for Bedlam this weekend. What do you think Oklahoma State's odds would be right now to make the college football playoff? Yeah, well, listen, it's uh, their path is, uh, is if they are able to get there, they're going to deserve, right? So we, mm-hmm. we know that uh, they uh, don't often find themselves in Bedlam as a favorite. That That almost never happens. They're always an underdog. This time, roles are reversed. But you know what? Roles have been reversed all year for Oklahoma State. There's something unique and different about this team. They are battle-tested outside of one bad half, really, against Iowa State, which is what they had that third and fourth quarter of that game, that second half. That's it. I mean, they have been as dominant as they come. I think if uh, they should be somewhere around that, 
plus 250 mark, somewhere in that ballpark there, I think, based upon them being the favorite going against Oklahoma and Bedlam. But uh, you hold on, because if they beat Oklahoma and they beat them soundly, um, those numbers, you're never going to be able to get Oklahoma State for what you're going to be able to get them now. Keep in mind, they already beat Baylor. Um, so, and Baylor's got health issues with the quarterback and everything else. So, uh, if you're going to back Oklahoma State, you need to do it here as soon as these numbers go out because in all likelihood, if they win out, they're never going to be as good as what they are right now. Joe, I think the Cowboys and the Bearcats of Cincinnati are going to have very similar odds to make the college football playoff when those are released. And the indication at minus 175 for Oklahoma State to win the Big 12 makes their odds to win the college or to make the college football playoff very, very strong as well. NFL action for your Sunday slate. That's next here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Right back here on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159, the new home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the sports network, I am Ben Stevens, joined by Joe Ranieri for this second hour. We have gone through college football, even some college basketball in this feast week. Now it is time to turn our attention to the Sunday slate for week number 12 in the National Football League. And Joe, there is a couple of really great games across this slate. One of the biggest spreads of the weekend on a weekend where we are seeing many, many tight and short numbers actually is between two teams that have their sights set on an AFC Conference Championship. The New England Patriots don't look now the hottest team in all of football. They have won five straight games against the former hottest team in all of football, the Tennessee Titans, that had their six-game winning streak snapped last week against the Houston Texans. So, yeah, maybe the market not as favorable for Tennessee at the moment. That is why New England is a six-point favorite in Foxborough on Sunday against Tennessee, the over-under total 44-and-a-half. Joe, Tennessee has been a team that has been incredibly profitable as an underdog all year long. But what is your sense of where the Titans are now three weeks since Derrick Henry went down? So we are uh, we're coming to that time of uh, of the season. And listen, there's no doubt that the New England Patriots and what Belichick um, has got them doing with a rookie quarterback. It's I would expect nothing less uh, from Bill Belichick putting this Patriots team uh, in a position to be successful. However, the markets is now come to that point where they are so overvalued New England. Keep in mind, the look-ahead line to this game, I think, was Patriots minus three. Now we're, what, six and a half, and we're going to continue. Let We know who the public's going to bet, right? The public is going to bet the red-hot New England Patriots. And, uh, and I said a couple of weeks ago, I said, listen, this Tennessee offense is running out of steam here, guys. Uh, so do not be surprised if there's a situation where there's a letdown spot coming up because, quite honestly, they can't continue to do what they have done offensively with all of those 
injuries, including their wide receivers and the offensive line. Uh, but I think this is getting to the point now where New England is so overvalued. It's time to sell high on the New England Patriots, and it is time to buy low on the Tennessee Titans, who released Adrian Peterson, obviously making um, they're doing a whole lot of shuffling right now to try and uh, rejuvenate that offense, including the running back position here. So they let Adrian go, I believe, uh, early here in the middle of the week. So they are they're looking to do some different things. And I think that loss to yeah. Houston kind of woke them up here a little bit. But there is no way they should be a touchdown underdog to this New England Patriots uh, team. Don't forget, this is Bill Belichick Jr. going up against his mentor here in these types of games. Uh, he knows what Bill's going to bring to the table. A rookie quarterback is still a rookie quarterback here. So I'll gladly take the points with the Tennessee Titans. Joe, the Tennessee Titans have been an underdog five times this year. They were a perfect 5-0 and against the spread as an mm -hmm. underdog with very impressive wins when booked as an underdog against teams like the Buffalo Bills, like the Kansas City Chiefs, like the Los Angeles Rams. So the Tennessee Titans very comfortable with being a dog and not just covering a six-point spread, but also winning a huge game outright. And we are seeing this movement not only in this number here with the Patriots being near a touchdown favorite, but also in the AFC Conference Championship market. These two teams began the week tied for the fourth shortest odds at plus 700. Now New England has the fourth shortest odds by themselves at plus 650. The Titans have had 50 cents of movement against them, plus 750, now the fifth best odds to win an AFC conference crown in that conference marketplace on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The Patriots have won five straight. They have covered in five straight four of those five games as a favorite. So New England now has the top scoring defense in all of the NFL, only allowing their opponents to average just over 16 points per game. Tennessee only had 13 last week against the Houston Texans. Might a Titans team total of 19 and a half be the play focusing on the under if you don't like the spread of six in favor of the New England Patriots. We're seeing a low total for the game overall at 44 and a hook. So that game should be fascinating. And Joe, again, that's the biggest line we have from a spread perspective for the entire Sunday yep. slate in week 12. Thanksgiving had some big spreads. We saw the Cowboys around a touchdown. The Buffalo Bills worked up to near a touchdown on the road against New Orleans. But for the Sunday slate, this is the biggest spread. A lot of shorter spreads on the weekend as well, including a matchup between two NFC wildcard contenders in the Minnesota Vikings and the San Francisco 49ers. The Vikings, a three-point underdog on the road in Santa Clara, California against the Niners. The over-under total for this game hovering around 48, 48 and a half. Joe, the Vikings in this spot, like the Tennessee Titans, perfect as an underdog this year. The Titans 5-0, ATS as an underdog, as are the Minnesota Vikings. A perfect 5-0 against the spread when booked as a dog this year. So the trends would seem to back up Minnesota in this spot, even on the road in San Francisco. Yeah, well, listen, it's both of them are what? 5-5, five and five, right? Both are firmly in the conversation for this uh, NFC uh, wild card. And this is pretty important game for a non-divisional uh, matchup and they've both been doing it 
Um, they've both been getting really good as of late. I mean, what the 49ers uh, did uh, to the Rams, of course, and then on a short week having to fly out to Jacksonville and get the job done, they ran them over, and people were actually contemplating, are the Jaguars getting better? The answer is no. They're not getting better. The 49ers are getting better. Jacksonville's hot garbage, okay? So don't, do not expect bad teams to do good things, please. Uh, but I think when you look at what Minnesota has done and who they've beaten and how they've beaten them, the weapons are yeah. all healthy. Jefferson's coming into his own. Dalvin Cook, right? Say what you want about Kirk Cousins. 21 TD passes, only two INTs over this stretch. And... Not only look at the teams that they beat, right? I mean, they they uh, beat the Packers 34-31. They beat the Chargers on the road 27-20. Yeah. They should have beaten Baltimore, in fact, except they blew that game out there, that 34-31 loss. So, to me, while both teams are trending up right now, I don't know that the Minnesota Vikings are a train I want to get in front of. And if you want to give me points, I'll take those points. I've seen San Francisco on defense melt down already. Yeah, Minnesota has been right around this field goal number, it seems like, every single week in this NFL regular season, either as an underdog or a favorite, and most of their games fall around this very key number of three in the NFL. Joe mentioned it right there. Again, the Minnesota Vikings, when booked as an underdog this year, five times, a perfect 5-0 and against the spread. They have won three of those games outright, including the previous two weeks, on the road against the Chargers, and then last weekend in a huge game, against the Green Bay Packers. They're covering by more than a touchdown on average, 7.2 points per game as an underdog this year. So not just covering, but covering by a large margin, which results oftentimes in outright wins. And again, the Niners as a favorite this year, just three and five against the number. And they have not been great in Santa Clara, except for their most recent home game, a stunning victory on Monday night against the Los Angeles Rams. But Joe mentioned it as well. These NFC wildcard contenders Right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, the sixth and seventh best odds to make the postseason, which would put both of these teams in the final two NFC wildcard spots. Minnesota is minus 110 to make the postseason right now. San Francisco, even money, plus 100 to the yes to make the NFC playoff picture. So this a pretty short spread, a great game on Sunday as well for NFL week number 12. One of the other bigger spreads and i say that with some hesitation because it's only four and a half points is a division rivalry bad blood in the afc north as it always is these two teams do not like each other the pittsburgh steelers and the cincinnati Bengals. since a four and a half point home favorite the over under total 45 for pittsburgh and cincinnati we know we've been talking about the underdogs here joe that is the theme maybe for this segment the Titans, 5-0 ATS when booked as a dog. Minnesota Vikings, 5-0 ATS when booked as a dog. The Pittsburgh Steelers, 4-1 against the spread when booked as an underdog this year. Are the dogs dogs barking, rather, for the Steelers on Sunday against the Bengals? I, yeah. The problem with the, uh, with the Steelers, and I give them all the credit in the world, I mean, going into uh, going to that game uh, down, what was it, 5 Defensive starters uh, there and managed to do what they uh, what they did was impressive. Big Ben somehow pushing away uh, Father Time. I, you know what can you say? The Steelers. Uh, this is the kind of football. This is the time of year the Steelers are built for. Right. Uh, we're getting into that November December time frame, uh, and this is what the uh, the Steelers do. But 
man, I couldn't have been more impressed uh, with Cincinnati uh, this entire year. Do we think Pittsburgh, given all the injuries and uh, given Big Ben's age, do we think Pittsburgh has enough in the tank to go on the road? They've owned Cincinnati over the years. We know that, right? But it feels like the tides are turning in the AFC North. It feels like uh, yeah. Cincinnati is not going to be the doormat much longer. And I think uh, I think they show that in this uh, matchup here. I think Cincinnati has learned the lessons uh, that lost to the Jets. Uh, they figured out different ways to win games. Weapons-wise, Mixon running the ball, uh, you know, Chase on the outside. I, I think it's just too much. I think uh, Father Time's catching up to the Steelers. I think it's time for a youth movement. Give me the Cincinnati Bengals in this one. I mean, Joe, you bring up a great point about what this game means for the AFC North. The Baltimore Ravens are the odds-on favorites right now in that division, but both the Browns and the Bengals, the second shortest odds at plus 400, both of those teams mm -hmm. still in the hunt for an AFC wildcard spot right now. Although the Steelers did cover on Sunday night with that dramatic and miraculous often fourth quarter comeback that ultimately fell short in Los Angeles against the Chargers. The Steelers are now 10 to one longest odds to win the AFC North mm -hmm. plus 270 at the moment on FanDuel to make the AFC postseason. Pittsburgh was a two and a half point favorite when these teams met up earlier this year, week number three of the NFL season, and Cincinnati won that game outright in Heinz Field, 24 to 10. So this is not the only AFC North matchup we have on Sunday. In fact, Sunday night, the Baltimore Ravens will take on the Cleveland Browns. And when you look at that game right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, making sure we have the most up-to-date odds, a relatively short spread past that key number of three. The Ravens a three-and-a-half-point favorite. The Browns a three-and-a-half-point underdog on the road in the Queen City in Baltimore. The over-under total for this game, Joe, 46. All of this part of a very important weekend with two divisional matchups in that division. Mm. Yeah, um, again, this is there's always one of these games a week. Uh, if you yep. have some insomnia, having a trouble, uh, you know, sleeping a little bit, uh, if you like watching paint dry, and that'll do the trick, watch the Cleveland Browns and the Ravens, two teams that love to run the ball and, and two teams that will be as uh, unexciting as humanly possible. I do think that the under is the only way to go. This has got a Tucker field goal as time runs out written all over it. No way do I think suddenly these offenses explode. Baker Mayfield can't throw the ball. The shoulder is a mess, guys. So to yeah. me, this is all about a total look at the under in this one. The Ravens have been a favorite eight times this year. They are just two and six against the number, not covering by an average margin of 5.5 points per game. So Baltimore as a favorite has not been profitable this season. We go back to college football, the Jack Weinberger Kappa weekend for the regular season finale. That's next year on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
closing out hour number two of the morning after here on sports grid sirius xm channel 159 we look forward to the final weekend of the regular season in college football it's ben stevens and joe ranieri here with you we will be back on saturday 2 to 6 p.m eastern time during that saturday slate for the regular season finale in CFB. Our producer normally for that show is Jack Weinberger. Jack is also an associate producer here on the morning after, a former intern for this program, and each and every weekend heading into college football, Jack gives you his handicap for the weekend because Jack can cap games like nobody else. I am so excited to get Joe's live thoughts on Jack's cap right now. So here's how it goes, Joe. Jack was in the post office earlier this week. He was wearing a South Carolina Gamecock shirt. The guy standing next to him in line was also a South Carolina fan. And Jack was talking to him. They're going back and forth about the Gamecocks, talking about how much they love Columbia, South Carolina. He also was talking to the guy and he told him he also spent time living in Baton Rouge. They're talking about LSU and Death Valley. Jack was so persuaded by this individual at the post office wearing his South Carolina shirt that not only is he backing South Carolina this week, he also wanted to dive in on the Tigers in Coach O's final game as head coach in Baton Rouge. And Joe, he's not just looking at these two dogs on the spread. He's looking at these two dogs on the money line. South Carolina outright as an 11.5 point underdog against Clemson and then LSU outright as a 6.5 point underdog against Texas A&M. You see the payout there for this money line underdog parlay plus 14.90, the Jack Weinberger cap for the regular season finale, Joe. I, I, I feel like I've just lost IQ points here. You're telling me he came up with this with a conversation from some random dude at the post office? That's handicap? Yeah. Uh, I can't. You're talking SEC I, football. I, I can't. I, I can't. I can't. Makes total sense. By the way, now I have to play it. Because if it hits, yeah. I'll never forgive myself. So thank you. I appreciate that, Ben. Joe and Ari, we'll see each other on Saturday. We need a screenshot of that face. More of the morning after next.